Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's the Chris Harrison hater. No, I'm just kidding. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Looking forward to talking some football because this time next week, we will be 18 minutes from kickoff. Wow. You so almost, for you, uh, uh, you, you math nerds, that means we're recording at 1142. Um, we need to get Carl Nathie on here to do the countdown to kickoff. Pretty cool. We're 30 I saw him out of practice the other day. Carl was out there. He was. I love Carl. Carl is a part of UK football history, man. With that that voice, that is, I can hear that voice. When I look at Kroger Field, I instantly think of Carl Nathie. So, you know, I, I bet there are people out there who don't know what Carl Nathie looks like. And uh, I was one of those people my freshman year at UK. He came and spoke to the journalism class. And I was like, I grew up going to games, listening to this guy talk. This is really cool right now to, to see him in our class talking. Uh, he's got a really unique story, too. I don't remember every detail, but I want to say he, like, spent some time out in, like, Wyoming or somewhere out there in the, the big sky country before he came to Lexington. So he's kind of been around a little bit. But Carl, no, he's uh, – any PA announcer, I think, holds a kind of a special you, place. Like We should get Carl on here one day. We should. I think people would like hearing his story. Tom Leach, all those guys. I'm, yeah. I know they've done interviews before, but perhaps some people listening to this might not know as so, much about them. So this is football mailbag. So we're going to transition here and do a lot of football talk, and, and rightfully so. Football right here a week away. I'm sure you'll be – well, I will be. I know you're busy this weekend, but I'll be tuning into some football for sure, regardless of who I'm watching today. But let's get to the first question here. It's Ben's. Does UK actually have a better than 35% chance to actually land that five-star from 2023, or was that just a good headline from KSR for a slow news period? And is UK still pursuing that 2022 DN from Georgia? So, Derek, you can play the Wheel of Fortune here and fill the names in if you want to. Uh, yeah, the 2023 five-star, his last name is Overton. Um, Lebius? I don't, Lebius, I think they say his first name. I really don't know, though. But, yeah, his, his dad played football at Oklahoma. He's the number one player in the country on 24-7. Um, but the connection is his mother, Eunice. Thomas was her name. She played um, volleyball back in the 90s at UK. So I, I don't think uh, 35% must, I, don't, I guess I didn't see that headline, but he, he did include UK in his top 12, but I would, I would give UK far less chance than 35%. I, I would say very unlikely, just knowing that they're going up against every school in the South, Alabama, Georgia, first of all, and then you got the father connection to Oklahoma. Like, yeah, I just don't see that really being a case. And the 2022 defensive end from Georgia, it's not really ringing any bells in my head. Maybe I know there's some outside linebackers. I know Joshua Josephs is a guy that they're recruiting. He just recently got bumped to a four-star. Um, UK, I think, is in his top five. But still seems – I wouldn't say unlikely, but I don't think they're leading for him. And my apologies if you're talking about somebody else. I, I just couldn't think of anybody else off the top of my head. I haven't seen that question. So, with Overton, um, if they can stay in it for a while, that'd be great. But, I mean, you're talking about a 6'4", 265 defensive end who everyone, literally every school wants. So, typically you don't see UK win those recruitments. <laughs> No, and uh, we're going to put these next two questions together. One is from Joshua, and the one is from the real me. So the real me 
what does a successful football season look like for Kentucky at the end of the year? When we look back, what do we have to to see to say this was a good year? And then Josh says, how do you expect the Cats to do this year in football? SEC champs possible. I'm going to say no on SEC champs because Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, all, I mean, that, that's a, we're talking SEC overall, I'm going to say unlikely for sure. But yes. for, for what we have to see, Derek, to me, successful, I'm going to say there are some people that I think if Kentucky goes eight and four are going to probably be, ugh, because I think that they've actually bought into this team possibly winning nine or ten. But to me, I still think that eight and four would be a successful season for Kentucky. I would I would define success as, and I think I've said this before, but like beating the teams that are on your level, you're better than. So those teams always say Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri, Tennessee. Those are the four. Mississippi State I would probably include as well. That's five, right? Five conference games right there um, that you would say aren't even upsets if you win those games. So obviously beat them, and then if you beat all four of your non-conference teams, that's nine wins and. Even if you lose those three in October, I think that would be very successful. Um, and I would say if you drop one of those games in that five that I mentioned, if you can find a way to beat a Florida or LSU, then I think people will, will still feel good. Um, I would say the only way that it's not successful is if you lose a couple of those games against teams that are on your level and then you lose – you know, you, then you don't pull any upsets. Um, so that would be what I would say. Uh, yeah. That's how I would define success. And uh, moving on here, Ben has another question. Out of the two bigger names that changed positions this offseason, who could help more overall on the offense? A pass-catching running back in Michael Drennan or a pass-catching top tight end in Isaiah Cummings? Derek, I, I'm going to say, I mean, we've had a lot of talk about Jatah McLean and what he was going to do out of the backfield and things like that. We, it remains to be seen what his future is this season or beyond, honestly. But I'm going to say Cummings. I'm going to say Cummings because of his size, and he could be, to me, a, a prime target for Will Levis on third downs and his, his, his athleticism and his size at that position, and he's different than the other two. So I, I think that that's why I'd go Cummings. Yeah, I would, I would definitely choose him as well. Um, Drennan, you're right. I, I think a lot of Drennan depends on McLean. Um, because if McLean was available, and like you said, who knows if or when he'll be back, you would have him and I would say Cavassier Smoke both ahead of him, guys who can do that kind of role. So I think the path to playing is, is much more in favor of Isaiah Cummings, and I think ultimately at the end of the year you'll see him having a bigger role on this offense than Michael Drennan. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And we have we have a lot of talk about the alliance and everything, too, and mega conferences. Uh, ben says, with the SEC now becoming the mega conference of power, do you think we should be safe from teams poaching stoops that are outside of the SEC? He wouldn't have the backing at any non-SEC school except maybe Ohio State like he does at UK. And he put content as sparse. I know I'm grasping. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think the SEC being what it is? I mean, it's always been the best league, Derek. It's it's going to continue to be the best league. You see that now with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference. Uh, do you see 
Stoops leaving Kentucky. I mean, you've seen coaches leave within the conference before as well. So would it have to be an elite SEC job or would it be something – or do you see Stoops possibly at any point moving on to a Big Ten power, like a Michigan or somewhere like that? Uh, I mean, I think if Michigan wanted him, uh, I definitely think he would strongly consider it. If you're wanting to go somewhere where you feel like you can win a national championship, I know Har- Harbaugh's career hasn't been great. And I know it's – shoot, I guess it's been a long time since Michigan won a national championship. But it's still – you would think if you're making a list of college football programs that realistically, if you executed everything the right way, could win a national title, I think Michigan's definitely a score you could do that. I still kind of stand by the, the, the thought that I don't – I think a lot of this is going to depend on Liam Cohen. I mean, if he – I think Stoops is not going to be attractable enough to some of the best teams in the country if playing the style Kentucky has played. And I don't think he's going to leave just to leave anywhere. So, he's as of now, I mean, I say it's – you know, I think there's a pretty good chance he's around a long time. But if Liam Cohen comes in, if it's a hit, if they transform this offense – win up to 10 games this year, then I think people will look at that and say, man, this guy won 10 games twice at Kentucky in a four-year span. He did it in different ways. You know, he had the, the ground and pound game the first time and then a much more balanced approach the next time. Hell yeah, I think he'll be very attractable to uh, to bigger schools. But, I mean, part of that is those jobs have to come open. And I, I definitely think the SEC factor, like, the SECs have more money to pay ad coaches. They're going to have more money to pay assistant coaches. You're going to have more money to put into facilities. Like, I think he's in a good spot here. I mean, it, it would probably take a, a Michigan or a house, maybe a Penn State, like someone like that. Yeah, yeah, I think he would for sure consider it. But I'm wondering if this, this new change in realignment might take a team like Nebraska or Iowa – off off this plate just because I think honestly given the money and resources I know those other schools have more tradition but I think I think in some ways UK is an easier job though even though you're playing in the toughest conference like the 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 way he is set up with the way he recruits with the staff like I think he's a pretty good fit at UK and I think after nine years he certainly recognizes that so I think it would definitely take a special year this year and a big time job opening where they actually want him yeah uh, then yeah I would, I would I would definitely think he he could certainly leave and Brandon kind of stand on that topic let's say Mark Stoops takes a big time job like Michigan seems most likely coach gets fired and the offense looks really good this year who would replace him Neil I Brown. Still, I still think Neil Brown would yeah. be the top of the list. Honestly. Well, that's actually a good point to make with realignment. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with West Virginia, whereas maybe you saw a, a path where if he was building something at West Virginia, maybe he would want to see it through now with this uncertainty. If you, you're you already a U.K. alum, uh, you grew up in the state, you've coached at the U.K., if he was not Mitch Barnhart's first call, I would be stunned. So yeah. uh, that would definitely be my money, would be on Neil Brown. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And Brad says, what does Michael Drennan's playing time look like in your opinion? He was so highly touted. I hate to see him not make it into the rotation. Eric, they, they put him at running back, which is a position that he was familiar with in high school. And with what's you know going on with Jatah McLean, we really don't know how that position is going to shake out. Is it Lavelle Wright? You know, Chris Rodriguez at the top of it. Like, where does it go? So, I guess, do you see – Mike Drennan getting some opportunities there early this season to maybe show what he can do. I mean, Kentucky's got two games out of the first three 
that you could see some guys and younger guys getting some snaps? Well, I guess I'll put it this way. We've talked about McLean. We don't know what's going to happen, so let's just take him out of the picture. Um, unfortunately, the book on Cavassier Smoke is that he's not really stayed healthy in two years. If that pattern follows, all of a sudden, Drennan's like the one dude who can <laughs> kind of be a little bit more versatile for you. I do wonder if that will end up being his role, kind of a pass catcher out of the backfield, not as much turning and handing it off. I honestly think we're getting not too far away from obviously, I mean, you know, Chris Rodriguez is going to be the dude in that room, but I, I really do think we're starting to get closer to Lavelle Wright um, being a factor this year. Um, again, it's going to depend on guys in front of him. I think, I just don't think he's going to be, you know, I don't, I think he's probably done enough to earn carries, but it's still hard because other guys have as well. So I still tend to view Drennan in a light that, things will have to break his way to play significantly, but I do think he's going to get some run for sure. Um, and obviously you could see a big role if McLean doesn't come back and smoke gets hurt. Then yeah, I, yeah. I think you're going to see Drennan um, getting a lot of water reps at that point. And I'm guilty of taking smoke out because I'm so used to him being hurt that yeah. I, I kind of forget that he's still a factor there, but I, hopefully he stays healthy. I mean, he's dynamic when he is healthy. He's uh, a good player. I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone's ever doubted his talent. It's just his durability. It's a hard league, man. It's hard to stay healthy. Yeah, like durability. Like he's not. UK has almost been lucky. Um, Benny Snell never really got hurt, despite the <laughs> number of hits he took in his career. And then Chris Rodriguez has been the same way. Um, don't jinx him. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, it's football. Like you never know. It takes one getting rolled up on one time. It takes one cut where you get hit the wrong way. I mean, it's, it's a brutal game. Um, it is, but in that regard, like they've seems like they've been pretty fortunate with running back health. Really? It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. They have. And uh, Second Take has a, an interesting question. How, if at all, will the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 alliance impact the Kentucky-Louisville game? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I felt like when all this talk this summer, I mean, it was a classic summer storyline, like, should UK keep playing Louisville? Like, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's a game fans look forward to. I made the argument that in a – on paper, you're going to be playing in a tougher league. I feel like you might not win as many games, just being realistic. And that Louisville game could be very important to you to build some goodwill within the fan base. And But, it, I mean, it does seem like it's inevitable that there will be a nine-game league schedule. But if you're a fan, would you – 
would you really want to lose the Louisville game and have it replaced with just another gimme game? Like, I wouldn't want that. No. If I were someone paying for season tickets, someone with a, with a big rooting interest, I would much, much rather go watch UK play a yeah. rival than watch them play New Mexico State or Bowling Green or Eastern Michigan or any of these other small schools that they're going to play. Yeah, that that's a game you don't want to see go away. Nobody. I don't. Nobody wants to see it go away. Even if there's enough conference game coming for the sec you still don't want louisville to go away i mean if you're oh here's my thought of this if you're truly talking about making strides as a program and getting respect you don't run away from your in-state rival no at any point so i I think that i would love to see kentucky louisville continue to play and and play forever honestly uh specialist tim is mitch past his prime has he lost his ability to read the tea leaves has any has anyone made mid has anyone made Kentucky fans more angry in recent years more than Mitch Barnhart? And not saying that Mitch doesn't do an excellent job, because I do think that Mitch does a very good job. He's made some really good hires. You see a lot of pushback from fans about things, whether it be alcohol sales or the COVID protocols, whatever it is, Derek. I mean, or checkerboard uniforms. I mean, right now Mitch Mitch Barnhart's the villain of uh of an athletic department that has some, well, a lot of successful teams. It's always hard to answer questions like these because it, it I think is. he's done a very good job making hires. But, I, I mean, that part of it I think you got to be really pleased with. Um, the athletic department as a whole I feel like is stronger now than it's ever been. And he has to get some credit for that. And I actually has to get a lot of credit for that, I would say. But I'm not the – common fan i don't want to turn my nose up at those people yeah do i think people should be allowed to drink alcoholic games of course like i yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean i think it'd be a great revenue source and uh to, I, don't, I don't understand the standard and letting people get hammered out in the parking lot before games and then all of a sudden when they get in it's got to be family friendly atmosphere because trust me i grew up going to those games in those stands there are plenty of people who uh, we're drunk at those games and people mm. snuck alcohol in like that stuff's always happened. Like I think you go to the restroom at Kroger field and you can, you yeah, can see I mean, clearly that alcohol is in the building. And I understand people getting upset that like, if you have, you know, basically if you spend more money to get certain places, like the alcohol is available to certain people. And I understand, you know, on one hand, if you're going to spend more money, like I, I would agree you deserve, more perks i mean otherwise what's the point right of of spending more money um but i mean i I go to major league baseball games there's alcohol there i mean yeah you're gonna have incidents but you have incidents anyway without people who are drunk it's just part of it when you get sixty thousand people like there's a chance bad things might happen yeah so that part of it i think i'm on board with fans like uh i don't understand why why they're so hesitant to do that um heck i've been offered a beer in the press box but not at uk somewhere else well yeah university yeah. of Louisville. i mean they're yeah. just giving it away there uh <laughs> then the other thing the other big thing is I, I definitely thought whether he meant to come off this way or not he did not seem enthused at all about the name image and likeness stuff i felt like for something that people believed was going to happen I, I i almost seemed like they were a little unprepared which is makes that no fair? sense makes no yeah. sense either so, like, I, I definitely he put out the vibes that he didn't love where, where college sports are going. Um, but he's it's a worth, fine line. I mean, he's yeah, worthy I he, of some criticism, though. Sure. I mean, aren't we all? I mean, we I are. think. Yeah, this podcast is probably. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all so, are in some capacity. 
like I think if you're a fan and, and again that's why I try not to because I mean I'm not I mean we we sit up in a press box every game I don't I don't I don't pay to be there like I'm, I'm actually getting paid to be there so I don't try to talk yeah. down or, or say whatever but like we I, don't, I don't have any problem with a fan wanting to drink a beer you know at a game I think if I'm just surprised in 2021 that it's such a thing that gets pushed back from Mitch Barnhart. And we understand the common fan, right? Because that's what I we like grew to think up so. being. What's yeah. what we grew up being, Derek. We sat in that stadium and when it's cold. But you're right. We sit in the press box. When it's cold outside, we're warm. When it's hot outside, yeah. we're cool. I'm Don't get rained on. I'm 15 paces from the Cherry Coke Fountain, which is probably <laughs> going to ruin my diet and everything when the games start next week. So, I mean – yeah, it, it's a really tough question to answer every time we get asked one of those. We do our best with those. But would you rather have a good team to support on Saturday or would you rather be able to drink at the game? I, I, and like I said, I get that it shouldn't have to be picking one or the other. But what's if, if you're going to judge based on merit, like this football program is better now than I've ever seen it. And there's has to be a lot of credit given to Mitch being patient, making that higher. Like I, I think and he's and he's paid to keep assistance here he's paid stoops yeah. to keep him here like I, I think they're he's done a lot of good in that regard so it's that's a tough question and then ezra has a question here in dms this is for football mailbag can you possibly see there being three first round and second round picks on this roster and even six draft picks in general yeah um, I, I think so i do I, I don't know so much about the they say three in the first two rounds uh three first rounds and three mm. Three first um, round and second round picks. I think Kennard will definitely be in the first two rounds. We need to see it probably from Dare Rosenthal. Yeah, um, before we before saying it. he will be, but I, I think there's a chance. I mean, yeah, like Ed Orstron saying that makes me think, you know, he's he's been around some good football players. So I don't think he's just saying that, especially for a guy that left his school. Like it would have been easy once he knew Dare wasn't coming back to not really say things like that, but he continued to praise him. Um it would take a uh, really special rides, I think, from someone else at this point to put them there. But in terms of having six drafted, absolutely. Uh, I think guys, I would consider locks if they're healthy and they want to go out this year. I think Rosenthal would definitely get picked. You know, Kennard's going to get picked. Josh Pascal will get picked. I think Yusuf Corker will get picked. Yep. I think Chris Rodriguez will get picked. I think Wendell Robinson would get picked if he left. Um, and that's not even counting guys like Luke Fortner who might. Um, who knows with a good year, maybe a guy like DeAndre Square. I mean, I think six is certainly if that was the over under, I'm definitely taking the over on yeah, that number. I agree. Really good question. Uh, Ron has one too. I told him I'd throw this in mailbag, Derek. He sent this on Thursday. He said, Next episode, can you guys talk a little bit about the kicking and punting personnel? I think I heard someone say Chance Poor was named the starting kicker, but haven't heard how confident UK is that we can make big-time field goals and also haven't heard anything on who the official punter is or how good he will be for us. I can see us needing good field position late in the Mizzou, Florida, LSU, Mississippi State games and needing those areas to be tight. Thanks in advance. And we'll get depth charts here in a couple of days, so we'll yeah. know exactly how it shakes out. So you, you want to take that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um so Chance Poor is he's the kickoff specialist. He's Matt Ruffalo is the field goal yeah. kicker. And then um, Chance holds for Ruffalo too, from what I've seen yeah. in practices. So a little unique there where UK, like I think Ruffalo's on scholarship now. I, I believe so. So you're talking about three um specialists on scholarship, which they've done the last few years. Um the punter, 
I, I think he's had a little bit of a minor injury, but Wilson Berry is who they signed from Australia. He was out there. He was out there for fan day, right? Yes, he I was. I think he was out there. Yeah, he was. So yeah. That injury probably just happened during camp. Who knows? Could have been any kind of leg injury. But I would say, ideally, he was brought in to be their starting punter. But also a guy named Colin Goodfellow, I believe, is who was doing the punting at the practice we were at. Remember last Ruffalo, year when we, uh, was it his name that we didn't expect to say on this podcast? Or was it Cade DeGraw? There was one name that we were like. I already forgot. You're, I, <laughs> I think Cade, remember. I think it was Cade. <laughs> it was. Um. I mean, I think Ruffalo, like, I don't have his numbers pulled up, but I felt like he was – was it last year that they were switching? Or no, it was the year before. Year before, before were right? Yeah, they were doing all kinds of things. Obviously, Ruffalo missed the extra point against Ole Miss. People remember that. But I, I want to say he had a pretty good year otherwise. So, but, yeah, I think there's some confidence there in him. But, you know, kickers are – especially college kickers, man, you just never know. And and here's the thing, too. Like, we, we talked about this with the quarterback going into camp that you wanted to see a guy just take control of it and be good. I think you want the same thing with your kicker because you don't want to be flipping back and forth, Derek. Yeah. Uh, we know that Chance Poor has the big leg. We know that Ruffalo has been the more accurate kicker in, in the last year or so. So it, it remains to be seen, like, if there's a long field goal attempt, you could do you see Chance get an opportunity? I don't know. That's, those are situations that have to play themselves out but they're finding a way to make sure that all guys make an impact. Ruffalo in the kicking game, Chance has a big leg that with touchbacks and everything, and then uh, we'll see what happens uh, with punting. But special, the special teams has to be if, – if they can get their offense going the way we expect them to, this defense to be what it is, and then you throw in the special teams as well, that, that, would, be, that would be pretty cool for, for this team to have all three uh, aspects of it working, Derek. But – that concludes the mailbag. Thank you all so much for submitting questions. If we missed one, we apologize. Send me a message and we'll be sure to get to it on a, another episode of Kentucky Daily. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Kentucky football is right around the corner. We'll have a depth chart episode for you on Monday. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. 